Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. And this morning, I want to speak to you about how you can be certain that God is with you. How you can be absolutely certain that God is with you. That God is with you when you're lonely. That God is with you when you are in pain. That God is with you when you are fearful. That God is with you when you've lost your job. When God is with you when you've just blown up at somebody, had a massive argument. That God is with you when you want to just run away from uh, all the responsibilities that you've got. When God is with you when you've done something uh, unspeakably bad. When God is with you when you've done something really good. That God is with you when you haven't prayed in days. That God is with you even though you haven't read your Bible. Not that I'm encouraging any of these things. But God is with you. And we can be certain of that. And so I want to uh, speak about that today. I'm just going to pray as we begin. Lord God, I believe that today you want to remind us of your presence with us. And so, Father, as I speak, may people hear uh, your words through uh, what I say. Lord God, may my words not be mine, but be yours. And Lord, may you be speaking to our hearts individually by your spirit this morning. Amen. I don't know how into the news you are. I'm a former journalist, and so I'm probably a little bit more obsessed by news than most people. I read the papers every day and every opportunity I can to check the news websites. I'm a little bit probably obsessed. But... It's been really interesting, and you might have seen this this week uh, and over the last few weeks, how uh, government particularly are pushing the social media platforms to do more about how true what is on those platforms is. To take more responsibility for some of the things that are being said. Uh, During this week, uh, Twitter, for a very brief moment, shut down Donald Trump's uh, Twitter account. Well, they they stopped people retweeting and liking his uh, tweets because uh, what they uh, deemed to not be true was on there. The the big story this week has been uh, the government worried about what they can do about all the uh, mistruths that are being shared uh, about the dangers of the vaccine. And you or I may read some of that stuff on social media, give it a glance and move on. But as more and more and more of it just sits in our timelines, there's something of it that we start to just brings a doubt in our minds. Just sheds a sense of going, well, maybe actually there is some truth to some of this. And that process is something that I believe happens in our uh, Christian faith in our life as people of God. That just little things that are uh, not true just sit every so often and eventually lead to us having a wrong understanding of the truth of who God is. And I believe today that God wants to remind us of the truth that he will never 
ever leave us. Because it's so easy, I think. I see it in myself and I see it in people all through the years that I've walked this Christian journey is that when people hit hard times, when something really difficult happens, when they're going through grief, through loss, through whatever it might be, they go, why has God left me? Or when they're struggling with their prayer life, when you or I are struggling to read our Bibles, we go, I feel so far from God. And we have to feel like we've got to do something dramatic to get back. And we just drift further and further away. But the truth is that God never leaves us. Never leaves us. Never leaves us. Never, ever leaves us. He is with us all the time. And I'm going to unpack a bit of that this morning, but that is the thing I want you to remember, is God will never ever, ever leave you. We're going to dig a, a bit to this uh, passage in Isaiah, which I think is one of the most beautiful uh, passages. Just this section that we've read today as a demonstration of who God is and how we can know that for certain that he will never leave us. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. This prophecy is to the people of Israel, to God's chosen people. And he's wanting to tell them that he is with them. And so he starts through the words of Isaiah to remind them who they are. He says to the people of Israel, you are not just some random accident. You're not just a collection of people uh, who, like other, other nations who serve these gods that uh, are just nothing to do with them. You, you're not like the sorts of people, that relationship between me and you is, is not just one of you are just my subjects and you worship me and I kick you around and you do whatever I say. You are people says God, who I formed. And in the, the, the language of the Old Testament, that word formed is a really intimate piece of language. It's a word that talks of just the, like a potter's hand forming out of uh, clay this beautiful and unique and individual uh, thing. God is saying, that is how I made you. Like I care that much about you that I have crafted you. Do not fear, Isaiah goes on, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Now, it could be read as going like, you're mine, you're nobody else's, get off and I'm going to just lord it over you and bash you about and do whatever it is that gods do. This redeemed word, this redeemed word speaks of a, of a, of a marriage. It speaks of a relationship that is bound together. 
God says, I've formed you. And then I've bound you to me. And I am bound to you. This relationship of being redeemed, he says to the people of Israel, you and I are in this together. And there is nothing that can separate it. When you pass through the waters, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set, set you ablaze. Now, the people of Israel are going to be in this weird place at this time. They're thinking, what a load of nonsense. Like we, the, 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 most scholars would say that this part of this uh, prophetic book was written when the people were in exile. They'd been taken out of their land. They weren't at home. They'd had things taken away from them. Some of them were finding life quite difficult. And they're looking ahead to a time where possibly they might start to be able to return. But that journey is not going to be easy. They're going to go through fire. They're going to go through difficult times. But this is why God has laid this out for them. Because he's going, you're going to go through these difficult times, guys, and you're going to go, oh, God has left us. He's deserted us. He's left us to all this rubbish, to this difficulty, to this hardship, to this heartache, to this, all this stuff that's going on. We're being punished. And they might be right in many ways. If you read back to verse, uh, chapter 42, the people of Israel, were, God was saying to them, you are deaf and blind, guys. He's saying, I've called you, I've called you out to be my people in this, uh, in this world, to hear and see me and to show the world what I'm doing. And you are blind to me. You're not showing people because you can't even see it. Like, wake up. And so God is putting them in many ways through this tough time to give them a bit of a shake, to go, guys, look, I'm still here. You are blind to me. But immediately after he's described that in chapter 42, you've got this promise. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. We are wedded, God is saying, to each other. So even when this difficult stuff comes, I'm in it with you. <laughs> you won't be overwhelmed because I'm in it with you. I haven't left you, no far from it. I am in it with you, calling your name. And they're like, really? Doesn't feel like it. Like you, I mean, you've left us, haven't you? Verse three, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you. Nations in exchange for your life. He's saying, remember, will you, will you please remember people of Israel? I am the Lord your God, your saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom. 
This is the creator God who created the whole world. And we know that God so loved the world. He loves the whole world. Yet his chosen people of Israel, he brought out of Egypt twice choosing, at least choosing uh, the Israel over Egypt. He swept through on that first Passover and uh, killed the firstborn of every Egyptian family to allow the, the, it, the people of Israel to go free. When they were trapped and thought, we can't go any further, there is a sea in front of us. There's an Egyptian army behind us. We cannot go any further. God parted that sea, allowed the, Egyptian, the Israelites to go through and then brought it back and wiped out the Egyptian army. He's like, remember, every time you've thought this is the end and we are done for, I am there for you, says God. Remember it. And not only remember, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. I'm going to do it again. I'm not the God who changes my mind. Once we're in this relationship, we're in this relationship. We're in it. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Like it's easy to think, isn't it, when you're in a time, and we know this now, of, of separation from the normal things. We're not able to be here together, having coffee and chatting and worshipping together and singing and doing all the things that we would normally do. We're not able to be physically together as home groups and, and all sorts of different things that are core. We're not able to come and, until Christmas Day but celebrate communion together. Yet God is reminding the people of Israel that even though they are not where they think they should be, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. The people of Israel who have ended up scattered all over, they're out of that land that feels like their security and their promise in God. In the Old Testament, that, the land and God were like intricately linked in their minds. Yet God's going, do you think I'm as small as that? Do you think I can't be with the people who are scattered? Do you think I can't go to them? I can't get them and bring them back? Everyone who is called by my name whom I created, he's repeating what he said at the beginning, who I created for my glory, who I formed and made. This is like the most brilliant love story. This is a story of a relationship that, that weathers every storm. This is a story of somebody who never gives up. This was a promise to the people of Israel who were in a place where they thought they had nowhere to go, where they thought God would, had left them, where they had left God. They'd shut their ears and their eyes to who God was and what he was doing. 
They turned their back on him in so many ways. They'd not connected with him. They'd not followed his ways and his laws. And God said, yet, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. And I just feel like today, God just wants to remind us of that. He is the God who in Jesus Christ gave up others for us. He gave his only son so that he could have a relationship with us. Like that is massive. That is massive. The most precious thing to God he gave of himself so that he could have a relationship with us and my question is why would we think that if God would do that he would ever then leave us if he would make the biggest step he would give the most precious thing that somehow after that he would then leave us. That somehow, after that, we would have any imagination that he would give up on us. That somehow he would look at us doing our things in our human ways, making our mistakes, and that he would ever leave us. It just... Like, the logic of it. <laughs> and I mean, that's what, that's what God was saying to the people of Israel then. And he's saying the same thing to us now. I am with you. I am with you in the tough times. I am with you when you're hurting. I am with you when you're lonely. I'm with you when you feel lost. I'm with you when you think you're distant. I'm with you. You are precious and honoured in my sight. I think we're blind to it often, aren't we? As the people of Israel were. We're deaf to it. We can't see what it is that God is doing. We think that it needs to look like a certain way for it to be God. It needs to look like we think it needs to look in order to know that God is with us. But one of the things he was encouraging the people of Israel to do was to remember. To remember. Remember what he had done for them. Remember what he had done for them. And it's a really, really important thing to remember. If you flick back in the Old Testament to that first Passover, they're instructed to 
tell that story to their children and their children's children and their children's 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 children. To go on remembering what it is that God is doing and has done. To remember over and over and over. And the Christian church does the same thing. And it's really easy to forget what all these things are here for. But every year we celebrate Christmas to remember that God spotted a messy disaster area and brought peace. He reached down into a messy old stable and met with some disastrous low-life shepherds. We remember that every year. Every Sunday, the Church of England at least are called to, and we can't at the moment, but are called to share communion together. To remember the amazing truth of what Jesus did, of what God did through through that, that moment on the cross where he said, I'm giving up Jesus for you. I'm giving my son for you so that we can have a relationship. I just think we need to spend more time remembering. Remember what God has done in your life. Remember that moment where you gave your life to the Lord for the first time. Remember that moment where you experienced God through another person, through something that happened, through something you read. Remember it. Because God has not changed. God has not changed since the Old Testament. He's not changed in the last few years, I can tell you that. He's still a God of compassion, of grace, of mercy. He will never, ever give up on you. So how can we be certain that God is with us in every single circumstance? There's two, two ways. One is knowing who he is. He is the God who created you. He is the God who formed you. And secondly, by remembering what he's done for you. Remembering just how far he's gone. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, will not perish, have eternal life. It's like one of the most quoted bit of scriptures. And I love the bit after it. John 3, 17. Jesus came to this world not to condemn, but to save. So whatever you've done, however long it's been since you reminded yourself of the truth of God through reading the Bible, however long it's been since you got on your knees and reminded yourself who God was, however long it's been since you thought back to that moment where you gave your life to the Lord, where you first saw him or experienced him. Remember, he came to save and not to condemn. He's given himself He's given of the best of himself for you.
Why would he ever go back on that? 